Tenakoto, 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 Kato, Kiora family. It's so good to be with you in what is our last service for, uh, official service anyway, for the uh, year. And I just wanted to take a moment, if I could, and just honor uh, Peter and Margot. Peter is an elder in the church, uh, a trustee in the church, but they together as a couple have served for 12 years in the 8 a.m. service, and we honored them today. Getting up early, that, I mean, the 8 a.m., I, I want to just tell you, they're an amazing uh, bunch, of, bunch of people. They get there, they get there early. It's unbelievable. They get there early and, and are ready to go. But Peter and Margot turn up way earlier than everyone else and get the place uh, uh, ready and have done that for 12 years. And this was their last time. They're still going to that service. But this was their last time we honoured them there. We gave um, Peter some flowers and Margot some movie vouchers. <laughs> but can you guys stand up? And I want everybody here to give them uh, for 12 years of service. Well done. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. 12 years, people. One for every disciple. Amen. Come on. Well done. Well done. Amen, amen, hallelujah. And I, again, also want to thank you for um, your generosity. Uh, last week we had the Christmas production. Was that, like, cool or what? It was just such a good job. Claudette Bridie for writing it, all the volunteers. Thank you uh, so much for uh, doing that. But I want to also thank you who came along. And uh, as you know, we're getting donations for the Capiti uh, food uh, bank, and we saw that 526 food items were donated, and $300 was made at the CAF, uh, which they asked us to buy um, uh, uh, toiletries and stuff, the food bank did, so we went out and uh, did that. So 526 food items donated, plus $300 worth of toiletries to the food bank that will go to families in need this Christmas. Come on, put your hands together for that. That's pretty uh, pretty cool. And of course, we had the giving tree out there for the last few weeks. I see there's a few more presents uh, in it today. But up until uh, uh, last week, we were able to give over 150 gifts, 150 gifts to Birthright, which will be given to those children in our community who are less fortunate. Tap your neighbor and say, well done. Come on, let's put our hands together again. I know I was getting you to tap and clap at the same time, doesn't we? Come on, let's put our hands together. Well done, well done. May as well celebrate the um, uh, achievement. And because of your generosity, we've been able to make uh, that happen. Well, it's the last service for the year. It's a Christmas service. I always like to do a few jokes. Bit of, bit of Christmas, uh, uh, Christmas humor. And now people are putting all types of stuff. My friend Michael Maiden, uh, he put this uh, 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 photo, if I can just have that photo up, that I thought was quite... Uh, funny, it was a photo of this guy staring uh, there. If, it just says this. <laughs> look at that look on that guy's face. It says, when you only go to church on Christmas and wonder why the pastor always preaches about the same thing. Come on, come on. Now, how many know Christmas cracker jokes are bad? They are. So I'm going to give you 50 Christmas. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do 50. We're going to do some. But it's interesting to me, with all that we've been through this, this year with lockdowns and pandemics and all that kind of stuff, coronavirus, uh, Christmas cracker jokes have taken on a different sort of theme this year. They've really picked up on that theme. So I looked at top Christmas cracker jokes 
uh, for the year 2020. And so I want to read some of those out to you because I think they're quite interesting. And here's the, here's the first one. It says this, Did you hear that because of the coronavirus, production was down at Santa's workshop? Many of his workers had to elf-isolate. Come on, come on. I thought that was pretty good. Why did Mary and Joseph have to go to Bethlehem by donkey? Because all virgin flights were cancelled. Come on, son. All right, here we go. Uh, which Christmas film was 30 years ahead of its time? Home Alone. You're in lockdown, man. You can't meet anyone. <laughs> uh, this is my, my favourite one. Why couldn't Mary and Joseph join their work conference call? Because there was no Zoom at the end. Come on, come on. I know you're loving this. You're loving it. Okay, I, I like this one. How is the pandemic like my stomach after Christmas? It takes ages to flatten the curve. Come on, somebody. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. And uh, how does Santa keep track of all the fireplaces he's visited? He keeps a logbook. Now, if you think about it, if you take a moment and think about it, none of those, pretty much none of those would have been understood in 2019. We have a whole elf isolate. What does that mean? We have a whole new language, a whole new way of talking today. Flatten the curve. How many know I need to flatten the curve? I'm working, uh, working on it, not. But the, the, a whole new language has evolved over this year. But I want to tell you what, church, you made it through. Come on, you made it through. You did all right. You've got it. You thought, I mean, it was going to be the end of the world. And look, you got through. Some of you are not too sure. Some of you are like, I don't know. I don't know. I've got a couple of weeks left. What could happen? You're going to get through this. Come on, somebody. Tap your neighbor and say, you're going to get through this. Yeah. Hallelujah. You ready for the word? Yeah. When Christ came, the world changed. When Christ came, the world changed. When I was growing up in our house on Rewai Street, uh, over the tracks there, when I was growing up, one of the things I remember as a child is my parents would get an advent calendar, and a Christmas advent calendar and it ended up being like a big sort of card with all sparkly glitter on it it was always like red and sparkly and and, and shiny and it would have little windows or doors on it and there's all kinds of different Christmas advent cards but the whole idea was it was a countdown to Christmas and so every morning we'd get up and we'd go and open one of the doors anybody else done this I mean you open one of the doors open one of the windows and there'd either be a little picture there or a little uh, gift there, the Christmas Advent calendar, counting down to Christmas. I started thinking, what does the word Advent mean? The word Advent simply means the arrival. The arrival. That's what the word Advent means. Christmas Advent equals the arrival. So when we celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating the fact that God arrived. Oh, come on, somebody, I need to hear an amen right there. We are celebrating the fact that God arrived. God arrived in the flesh. He interrupted history with the incredible incarnation mystery. He, he, he intervened into the human story. He interrupted the human Story, John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Friend, as I've reminded you before, no matter how dark you feel your life has got, you've got to understand it will not overcome your life. He is our life. Come on. And that darkness, no matter what situation or how dark it gets in your life, you've got to understand he has overcome it. And then it says in John 1 verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. God arrived. God arrived in the flesh. He interrupted history. He, he, he got directly involved in the human story. Uh, the scriptures speak of Emmanuel. We, we sang a little bit of it before, but the scriptures speak of Emmanuel, which means God is, or Christ is, God is with us. Someone said this, and I think it's quite profound. They said, Jesus did not come to make God's love possible, but to make God's love visible. He came that we might be able to see him. We, we, he came that we might be able to see his love demonstrated, that we would see him, that, 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 and in seeing him, that we would, we would trust him. God does that. He, he involves himself in the human story. He involves himself in our story. And it's in those times that he interrupts our life. It's in those times that he interrupts our schedules and our way of doing things that, that God's love becomes visible and tangible and able to be be seen. I, I love God interruptions. I love hearing stories of God interruptions. I remember when I was doing my discipleship training school with Youth with a Mission many, many, many years ago. But I remember one of our teachers coming in and sharing a story. Her name was Georgina Bennett. And she was a Kiwi girl on doing missionary work over in uh, India. And she told the story of while she was walking through a meadow in the Himalayas as she was going through, you know, uh, walking through this meadow. She saw a bunch of flowers, and so she, she just swooped up the flowers, and she held them towards heaven and said, this is for you. And she carried on and with her journey, and uh, sometime later, she was in New Zealand uh, uh, in, in a service like this, and uh, this, as the service was going on, someone stood up and uh, I uh, said, look, I, I, I just need to say this. I don't know why I, I need to say this, but I, I, I just feel the Lord wants me to say thank you for the flowers. And it's in moments like that when God interrupts our spaces that we, 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 he suddenly becomes visible. He suddenly becomes understandable. You, you start to get the picture that he knows me. God knows me me. A couple of weeks ago, we were in Napier, and we had the opportunity to uh, pray in some new pastors there, and our 
uh, role as the leaders of the New Life Churches for New Zealand, we went uh, to Napier Christian Fellowship, and there uh, we were able to thank uh, Steve and Sally Carney for many years of service, and then we were able to pray in Gareth and Vicky Roberts in their new journey as they began the, the, their role as uh, lead pastors there. And it was kind of cool because they had grown up in New Life uh, churches. In fact, uh, Gareth had grown up, he was in children's church at New Life Timaru, and, uh, which was one of New Life's first churches, started in 1964. And so I was able to text the pastor of uh, New Life Timaru and said, hey, one of the kids who are in your children's church is now becoming one of the pastors in a New Life church here in Napier. He's like, that is so cool. We didn't know that. But we didn't know Gareth and Vicky very well, and so we took them out for dinner and, uh, and just said, hey, look, tell us your story. And uh, Gareth, he began his story. He's like, look, look I, I grew up in church, and that's how we found out he was in Timaru. I grew up in church, and uh, you know, in my teenage years, I sort of walked away from God, went and did my own thing, but my life just turned into a mess. And he just said, year after year, just get, getting worse and worse and worse till such a point where he said I needed to come back to God. He said I ended up in Napier, ended up in Napier Christian Fellowship, and he said for the first year I was back, I wept and wept and wept as God healed my heart from the journey that I had walked through. And it was a powerful story. And then we asked Vicky, tell, tell, tell us your, your story and how you met. And we asked her, you know, well, how many kids do you have? And they said they have five, five kids. And we're like, well, what are their ages, you know? And uh, they said, we're, we're, we've, got, we've got our uh, uh, oldest son, Ethan Tyler, and he's 18. And then our other kids are like 11 and so on. And down the line they went. But there was a, such a big gap between the kids. And we said, wow, that's a, that, that's a big gap. And she said, well, that's part of my story. And she said she too had grown up in church and again followed God and then went off to university. And she got off to university rather than hook it into a new church. She just like, oh, I'll do it later. Never did. And eventually ended up falling away from Christ. That's why I want to tell you the community of faith is so important. Just, just as a little aside, it's so important that you get yourself in a life-giving church where people can speak into uh, your life. The propensity of the heart of man is just to go their own way. People say, I just want to follow my heart. No, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Don't follow your heart, friends. Follow the Bible. Come on. Follow, follow what the Word of God says. Follow what He teaches. And so anyway, she just said she ended up living a wild life and doing whatever, ended up in a relationship, got herself pregnant and had a baby and uh, that was Ethan Tyler. And so she's, she's uh, having this baby, it ends up in an abusive relationship. He's violent towards her and beating her and, and it's, just, it's just getting bad. And so it gets to a stage where, where she knows she's got to escape. She, gets, she knows that she's got to get out of this relationship. Uh, for her own safety, and so uh, she did that, packed the bags, and, 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 and got out of town, and she ended up over in Napier, where her parents uh, were, and ended up, as they were going to Napier Christian Fellowship, she's like, I'll, I'll go to that church, I need to sort out my life and get right with God, and so as she did that, she too sat for the first year of her time in church, weeping every Sunday, as God healed the stuff going on in life. God wants to heal you, my friend. 
And if there are times even in this service where God speaks and you weep, just let God do what he wants to do on the inside of you. Let him work deeply in your heart. And of course, these two beautiful weeping people spotted each other across the room and eventually they got married and they've been married, uh, I, I think, for 14 years or something uh, now and have taken over the role of uh, pastors there. And then she told us this. As they met each other and were looking in, of course, she was already had Ethan. He was, uh, I don't know how many years old at that stage. They'd got married and they were moving, moving out into another house. And while she was moving out, Vicky found a diary that Gareth had written some years before. Before they knew each other, before they even knew who each other was. And so as she opened the diary, she flicked open and it was all the stuff that he was going through. But she came across one page. And written on that page, it said this. One day, if I ever have a son, if one day if I'm ever lucky enough to have a family, if one day if I ever have a son, I will call him Ethan Tyler. Now you can say that's just a coincidence, and I can understand it if it was just one name. I mean, that's not a common name, but... But Ethan Tyler. And in that moment as she read that, it was like God saying, I've got your name. I've got you. I know your name. I know who you are. And although your life seems like a mess and though your life feels like it's falling apart and though your life has felt this kind of way and that kind of way, I know who Ethan Tyler, I, he's gonna be okay. And it's interruptions like that into our life that can change the course of our destiny. And I want to tell you, friends, God knows your name. I'm going to tell you, friends, that no matter what you're walking through, He's got this. No matter what you're struggling with, He's got this. And you might feel, man, there's no way forward. But I want to tell you, He knows your name. And you can imagine when she read, he'd completely forgotten. Completely, but you can imagine the sense of destiny that when they realized that this was written, that, that, that God can take the messes of our lives. He can take our tests and make them a testimony. You can imagine how the, the, the sense of, of purpose and rightness that they had coming together. He knows your name. Friend, I want to tell you, I'm just trying to encourage you today. And in this Christmas season, let the God who's, he's not just the God who's up there. He's the God who's here. He's the God who wants to intervene in your story. He's the God who wants to intervene and interrupt your life. My plea today, my plea is let him get involved in your story. Let him interrupt your story. Because why? Because you never know where that interruption is going to lead. You see, when Christ came, the world changed. God arrived in 
the flesh. He interrupted history and he can interrupt your story. And I want to encourage you today, let him. Let him interrupt your schedule. Because again, you never know what's on the other side of a God interruption. You never know what's on the other side of when, when a God arrives. He's not just the God up there. He's the God who is here. He is the God who is with us. And you never know what he'll do in the midst of your story. A couple of weeks before we were in Napier, we were in Masterton with Pastors Peter and Debbie, and we were having dinner with them and just hearing their story. And I, again, I said to Gareth and Vicky, by the way, when I heard that story, I said, I'm stealing that. I said, I'm preaching. I'm just telling you right now, I don't know how I'm going to preach. I don't know how, but that needs to be preached. That is a powerful story. And so when we were meeting with uh, uh, Peter and Deb and Master, and I, I said, remind me of a story that I heard from you some, some years ago. I was like, have I, have, have I understood this right? And he's like, yeah. Because again, I want you to understand the, the importance of, of making room for God interruptions. Because we can get so busy, and they tell the, they tell the story of Peter was busy in his office one day and working. He was getting ready to go home. He got a phone call. Uh, from this guy that he knew, and he'd known them for a while, but the guy was living in Australia, but he rang them out of the blue and said, I'm in Wellington. I'm in Wellington right now. It was one of those things. And I, I'm on a train right now, and I'm, I'd like to come and see you. Are you free? You know, it was one of those kind of things. And he's kind of thinking, well, I've got, got stuff I need to do. So it was kind of like awkward. It's like, what do I what do I say, you know? And, and again, we can get like that in the busyness of our lives. It's like, hey, can I come around? Well, oh, okay. And so it was that kind of thing that was going on. And he's like, well, yeah, okay, you could come up, come up. He's on the train already. He's coming. <laughs> and, and obviously as he's on, on, the, on the train, Peter goes and picks him up at the station, not knowing what the meeting was for, not knowing why he wanted to come and see him. And just maybe he was just popping in for out of uh, friendship's sake. And anyway, they do lunch together and uh, talking. And then the, the guy says at the end of, the lunch, he said, actually, I'm here for a reason. And you know, when you go in those kind of meetings, like, oh, okay, what, what is the reason? I'm here for a reason. He said, I'm, I'm actually, I'm on mission here. And he said, I, I'm, I, I'm here to tell you that God has told me, and the reason I've come here to meet with you today is that God has told me I'm to pay off your mortgage. And they were sitting there uh, uh, stunned. But he said, God has told me to pay off your mortgage. And they said, well, don't worry. No, they didn't say that. They didn't say that. <laughs> said, God has told me that we're to pay off your mortgage. And they're like, but you don't even know what our mortgage is. And it was a significant mortgage-like amount. He said, I don't care what the amount is. Whatever it is, by the end of today, I'm paying the mortgage off. And by the end of that day, their mortgage was completely paid. How many would like friends like that? Come on. <laughs> yes, Jesus, come on. Now, I'm just saying, just to be clear, I'm not saying that's going to happen to everybody, just to be clear. But it happened to them. 
That's not an internet story. That's not some Google urban myth. You can talk to Peter and Deb. They live over in Macedon. Give them a call and ask them. God did it. God interrupted their schedule. And I want to tell you, you never know what's on the other side of a God interruption for your life. Allow God to interrupt your life and see what He does. Because God's interruptions could change your life. He interrupted shepherds who watched their flocks by night. He interrupted uh, three wise men to change their course and follow a star. He interrupted fishermen, Peter and Andrew, in the midst of their work, and in the midst of their productive day. He interrupted them and their lives changed. He interrupted Zacchaeus while he sat in a tree, went, came down and ate with him and his life was never, ever the same. The same God who did that with them is with you. The same God who was with them is with you. The same Emmanuel, the same God with us. Let him interrupt your life today. Let him interrupt your schedule. And who knows what he will do in and through your life. Remember, this is important. Christmas is not about presents, but about presence. Christmas is not about presents. It's about his presence. It's about the fact that God arrived. He came. He's with us. He's among us. And in Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, In your presence, in your presence, is fullness of joy. 20 centuries ago at the first Christmas. Understand, God didn't send a program. God didn't send a program. Here, here, just do this. 20 centuries ago, God, God, God did not send us a plan or give us a plan. Now, 20 centuries ago, he gave himself. He gave himself that we might know him, that his love might become visible, tangible, that we might see him. Why did he come? Well, to save sinners, to save, to seek and to save that which was lost. Someone said the Son of God became the Son of Man. Why? So the sons of men might become the sons of God. And so I'm really saying to you today and challenging you today and saying the way in which you spend Christmas is far more important than how much you spend. On each 25th day of December, a 
On, the, on each 25th day of December, Jesus' birthday, we remember. We celebrate this festive season, though a host don't know the reason. Of the nativity, we hear a lot, yet why he came, hardly a job. The lowly baby was born to die, and on a cross be lifted high. And to our world, the Savior came to heal the blind, the deaf, the lame. He brought a message full of hope for burdened lives that could not cope. He lived and died and rose again, and that's a fact hard to explain. Satan thought he'd won the fight. Jesus triumphed with power and might. The second time he'll come as king, eternal life with him he'll bring. After the archangel's loud trumpet blast, true peace on earth will come at last. Jesus is the reason for the season. And that is why Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. Amen. Can we give King Jesus some praise and some honor and some glory? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship. Come on, let's just come on. Give me 15 seconds. He's worthy, he's worthy. your name he knows every rebel's name he knows those who are far from him he knows your name in fact the Bible says that he's carved us on the palm palms, not just on one hand, but on two. He said, even if a mother forgets her baby, even, even if that was possible, even if that was even realistic, even if that could happen, the prophet writes, I, I will never forget you. We are all Ethan Tyler. He knows your name. Know today He is the God with you. He is the God for you. And when God is for you, who can be against you? We thank you for this, Jesus. know us. With all our mess, with all our failures, with all our stuff-ups that we so regularly do, yet you, 
you care for us. And today in this room, we, we afresh just want to just submit our lives to you. All of us here today, we, we, we just want to, again, thank you for your grace. We want to thank you that you arrived, that you did not leave us alone, that you did not forsake us, but that you came. You came, you lived, and you died, and you rose again. you conquered sin and death. You paid the price so that we didn't have to. So King of Kings, Lord of Lords, we submit ourselves to you today afresh. Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You know, just before we close the